Welcome to Paddling the Blue. With each episode, we talk with guests from the Great Lakes and around the globe who are doing cool things related to sea kayaking. I'm your host, my name is John Chase, and let's get started Paddling the Blue. Welcome back to Paddling the Blue. Today I'm joined by Steve Baskus and Ken Brabant. Now, today, Steve and Ken are going to be sharing the story of their expedition through the Grand Canyon as part of the Out of Sight series with Team River Runner. Steve joined it as a blind paddler and Ken as a member of the guide team. Both are fantastic people and great athletes, and Steve in particular has a really deep and diverse resume as a U.S. military veteran, a climber, a paddler, a cyclist, marksman, Paralympic athlete, musician, sought-after speaker, and more. So enjoy today's episode of Paddling the Blue with Steve Baskus and Ken Brabant. Welcome, Ken and Steve, to Paddling the Blue. I appreciate you both joining us today. Thanks. Good to be here. Thank you for having us. Excellent. So Steve and Ken, uh, first, let me start with Steve. Steve, tell us a little bit about your personal paddling background. I've been paddling now um, since probably uh, 2009. Started on you know, flat water and, and have steadily stepped up from there. Three years before this this trip, I, I'm supposing we're, we're going to talk about, uh, I, I started to pick up white water. So that was probably 2014, 15 time frame. I really started working on on white water, but. I, I got involved with an organization that helped me because uh, I'm, I'm completely blind and built the techniques and the skills to be a paddler and uh, have developed them over the years on, on all kinds of uh, water, uh, flat water, moving water and rivers and, and all the way up to class four, I guess. so. Fantastic. So Ken, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, yeah, I started as a canoeer back in uh, the 1970s, the dark ages, and um, gradually got into sea kayaking maybe 17, 18 years ago, and uh, did that, and still do that quite a bit. Um, and I'm a sea kayak instructor and started whitewater kayaking about 10 years ago, and uh, have done a lot of rivers and am also an instructor in whitewater kayaking. So Steve, tell us why kayaking? Why did you get started kayaking? I started kayaking primarily because of a friend named Lonnie who introduced me to it. And I really felt like uh, it was very um, empowering for, for someone like myself who is completely blind. Uh, I'm able to uh, move, and, and, you know, make, you know, paddle moves and strokes and, and, and propel me anywhere, you know. So whether it's on the ocean uh, or, or on, on the river, um, I feel, I don't know, I feel more, the way I put it is... I can't drive a car anymore legally, but someone can help me uh, navigate a river and, and, and give me this, this, this feeling of empowerment. And it's an amazing feeling. And, and uh, that's why I paddle. So you say you can't drive a car legally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, off road, of course, you know, driver's license is not required generally. So, I mean, you know, I can, I can power some vehicles, I guess. Uh, people are interesting. They'll ask, hey, Steve, you want to drive my vehicle? I'm like, ah, that's okay. I, I know how to drive. <laughs> but, but it's not safe. So, anyway. so can you, would you mind giving us a little bit of your personal background? Sure. I grew up all over the country. I was born in southern Illinois. In 2007, I joined the U.S. Army. Uh, my family had a, a, has a, this, this background of serving the country many branches 
But uh, I, I, the war in Afghanistan and Iraq was raging, and every day I saw it on the news, and I, thought I was influenced to, uh, to join. And I deployed, and I, I was wounded on the ground in north of Baghdad in 2008. Uh, and uh, I lost a good buddy. He died next to me, and I lost all my sight that day. I awoke on the other side of the planet, and Walter Reed, more or less my life forever changed. And I really wanted to, to continue pursuing the things I loved and dreamt about, dreamt of doing, you know, at the time, I had a bunch of dreams, of course. The last 10 years uh, have definitely been surreal and, and dreamlike, and I've been able to accomplish a lot because of people like Ken, uh, who's with us today. And, and so uh, that's a little bit, I guess, about, you know, me. I, I'm very involved with sports and recreation, um, climbing, hiking and paddling and, and, and many other things. So it, moving is living is like kind of my mantra. So, <laughs> so. Absolutely. So you've got quite an outdoor resume. <laughs> For, yeah, I mean, as a blind person, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> blind or otherwise, it's a, it's an amazing <laughs> resume. <laughs> well, again, you know, I, I, it's just amazing that people that believe in you and uh, give you the ability to, uh, to go and, and, and do and pursue these things. And, and the journey uh, of, you know, is, is, is what I am excited about, you know, the journey of paddling, like learning the different strokes and the techniques and systems to, to keep your boat, you know, going in the, in the direction you want to go. That, that's a lot of fun. And then of course the camaraderie and, and the mission of accomplishing something or, or setting out on these, these journeys. Uh, on the water, you know, and, and that, that's, that's real important to me. Well, I'm glad you're having the opportunity to experience it. And thank you very much for your service. We certainly appreciate that. Ken, tell us a thank little you. bit about how did you get connected with Steve? Uh, it, it started for me when I was with the uh, Team River Runner chapter in Milwaukee, when Mary and I were living down there. Um, another guy and I started a chapter, Team River Runner, which is a nationwide nonprofit dedicated to getting veterans with disabilities of, of one kind or another into kayaking. And uh, I worked with the chapter several years there. And then uh, when Mary and I moved to Green Bay, we started uh, a new chapter here. And uh, I was also asked to be a regional coordinator for Team River Runner. This is all on a, a volunteer basis. And uh, at one of the national leadership meetings for Team River Runner, the, the uh, staff person, Dave Roby, said, hey, we've got this Grand Canyon trip coming up. Would you like to be involved? And, you know, uh, I, of course I wanted to be involved in something like that. And, uh, and the, the mission was to help guide and provide safety for five blind kayakers down the, down the Grand Canyon on the Colorado River. So, so my involvement was a direct re, um, result of being a, a volunteer with Team River Runner. So, so can give us a little bit of background, kind of the, the summary of the of the trip itself. Uh, it was held in uh, the first two weeks of September two thousand eighteen. We uh, we spent twelve nights on the river camping each night. We went a total of two hundred and twenty six miles. We averaged about 18 miles a day. I think our longest day on the river was 32 miles and our shortest was six miles. I think the last day we only did six. And it was an incredible, amazing, 
fantastic experience. I mean, it, it's for me, it was the trip of a lifetime. It was not only because of where we were in the in the, just this spectacular setting and these spectacular, huge, gnarly rapids, but also because we had a mission. All of us, you know, the, the guides, the safety boaters, the veterans, we were all unified in this mission to get down this river together safely. And that made it a very special um, expedition, trip, whatever you, you might want to call it. So what are the logistics like in, in something like this with the, uh, the, the complexity of this kind of trip? Steve, you want to take that one? <laughs> sure. I mean, in this particular trip, you know, um, oh, and we, for the three years leading up to the, this expedition, Team River Runner was working closely with, with the blind veterans. Um, I, I literally kayaked uh, on the New River, the Salmon, the Cheat, the Platte, the Cooter, the Yellowstone, um, in different sections doing whitewater um, and building up confidence in the skill work and the techniques um, required. Uh, Team River Runner was trying to figure out how to collect the boats and, 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 and transport them across the country. And we used uh, a number of different vehicles to get, uh, you know, get them across the country. And my trailer helped uh, move them from Montrose, Colorado down to the uh, Flagstaff area. And there were a lot of logistics in the sense of um, moving the equipment and then of course, getting all the people there. Uh, we had a, a couple big sponsors. Uh, one individual sponsor flew us in a private jet, the, the blind veterans and some of the guides, a few of them, uh, uh, they picked literally this private jet flew around the country and picked us up and flew us into Flagstaff. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, we we, we collected there and, and had our briefings and, and and moved down the river as a whole. It it, it was a big, uh, and I'm I'm failing. Of course, if we had Joe on 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 the show, he he would be really good at explaining some of the background uh, behind the scenes work that was that went into it. But Ken, I'm sure you could add other things. Yeah, yeah. Know. I guess what I would add is that we were raft supported by Arizona Raft Adventures or ASRA. So they had you know, two of these really big uh, motorized rafts that uh, not only brought our food and our tents and uh, sleeping bags and, and, and other gear like that. So we didn't have to have all of that stuff in our kayaks, which made the trip more doable for us um, for, throughout this 12 day trip. Um, and that was paid for in large part by the corporate sponsors, as Steve mentioned, and also by Google Maps. Uh, Google Maps is one of our sponsors as well. So they they sent along uh, another raft, a smaller raft, which we call the media raft, and they, they shot um, still photos and a video and 360 views throughout the trip too. So they posted a lot of that online. I'll definitely have to uh, grab that, uh, grab a link to that, and get that in the show notes so folks can see that as well. So, Steve, you mentioned uh, three years. So you, you had a three-year buildup to get ready for the trip? More or less. That's, that's when I started whitewatering, uh, whitewater kayaking was th the three years literally before the trip was my beginning beginnings uh, of whitewater. It all started in western um, Montana or in west Yellowstone. 
on, on the Yellowstone River in, in, in uh, Paradise Valley uh, near Immigrant. Team River Runner holds a out-of-sight clinic, as, as they call them, uh, where they try to get blind individuals in, in, in river kayaks and teach them how, how to dance on the water through white water. And so that, that's where it started, and, and it kind of built from that point. So what types of things did you do to, to prepare? I spent a lot of time um, really actually working on, working with different people in pools and lakes and at the Charlotte Whitewater Center, where some, uh, some of the core locations or places, uh, uh, specific places I trained. And, gen- you know, there were, there were different uh, people that would help you know, really put me through the paces of rolling and, and bracing and executing the strokes, especially um, just dealing with the uh, eddying out. You know, when you're blind, you have to feel and react a lot. It's uh, quite interesting, which is great for, you know, for a lot of sports because you really do feel things and react to them, uh, whether you're sighted or not. And uh, the problem is I'm more reactive than proactive. So my guides are moving me like a chess piece by using communication. So we were trying to hammer out the, the types of communication. You know, personally, I, every blind paddler has a, a, a different way of maybe communicating with their guides. But I was trying to hammer that out and, and, and refine it with my guides that were going to work with me on, on the river. And we were developing this relationship the whole time you know, in our, in the training uh, that we were doing, but I'd have people shake me and flip me and, and work with me and the shallows I'd be in the boat and I would be throwing braces and they, you know, I just did my, you know, I practiced my offside and onside roles. And I was really just trying to put myself, punish myself as much as possible in the sense of I need to be ready for anything. And, and, and that's, and we did a lot of that kind of training. Yeah, you mean you're you're truly paddling by intuition and, and by feel. Uh, you can't see what's coming up, um, and and how to react to that in advance. So you've got to react to it when it happens, or or a couple seconds after it happens, even. Exactly. So it's, tell us. it's a lot of there's a lag, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, with 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 the communication. So we we are reacting a lot of times. So the communication system. So what kind of communication system do you use? Well, maybe it'd be uh, important to explain the configuration. We, we had three guides to one uh, blind paddler um, on the Grand Canyon, on the Colorado River. It, it's not always necessary. Sometimes we just have, I've had one guide or just two. But we had three. We had a primary, secondary, and sweep, as, I, as we, we kind of deemed the names. My primary guide um, would set me up above... The, the rapid, the water's more, uh, you know, uh, flat. It's, it's moving, but there's no crazy white water. So I'm able to get on a line. And the way I do that is my primary guide would call out on me, on me. And they're just creating sound reference. And I'm more or less triangulating where they are. And I'm trying to stay in like the funnel of sound that I hear. I'm trying to stay right behind them. And so it's really easy to get online for the most part, unless it's a really technical uh, uh, river and there's and there's stuff above, above the ra- right above the rapid. But the Colorado River is massive uh, water, you know, and and it's pretty straightforward in the sense of appro- approaching uh, the, the the rapids. 
And so he'd get me online and we'd fire into the chaotic water. And my secondary and sweep, the secondary is very close to me. He's there, he or she is there to, to provide. Um, if my, my primary guide goes under or I'm, I lose him or her, the secondary would yell out and could guide me from behind and keep me on track. And the, if, he, if both my primary and secondary are gone, I have my sweep to provide communication. And the sweep also was in the secondary guides were good if I got pulled into eddy lines. Eddy lines, you know, the water is very dynamic. So when we're moving down the river, if I fail to do something or fail to follow closely or just the hydraulics change, I might get pulled into an eddy and my primary guide would go down river. So my secondary and sweep uh, uh, would provide that safety net and get in the eddy with me to help me um, move down the river again. So it's, it, it, it's a, we're like working like the blue angels is, is basically is how I would explain it. <laughs> and, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, it's the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, and uh, as a blind person, especially. <laughs> so I can only imagine. Amazing. So your, your primary, I mean, I'm thinking of, I'm picturing chaotic water. I'm picturing just the roar of the rapids and you're, your primary guide in front of you, uh, telling them, telling you on me, how can you yeah. hear them? I mean, are they, are they facing you? Are they, is that person going down the rapids backward? No, they, uh, sometimes some of the, depending on the paddler's experience, they, I've had uh, guides that would paddle backwards through the rapids. Um, we've been trying to figure out a way to, to maybe invent a piece of technology that would help in that way. When I paddle like uh, off the, coast of Key Largo and, and sea kayaks, uh, I put uh, a waterproof Bluetooth speaker on my guide's uh, stern, and I have my phone in a lifeproof case, and I play music. Uh, it's a little different kind of paddling, of course, uh, uh, on the ocean and, and sea kayaking than whitewater, so th that's not worked really well for us in the sense of whitewater because of the changes that happen. Um, we need someone, my primary guide can hand me off to my secondary by being quiet and letting my secondary speak. So depending on what was happening, my guides are, are talking to me or not talking to me and providing me reference so that I can follow. But your question about hearing, um, it's quite interesting how the human voice has this dynamic spectrum uh, of frequencies and it cuts through the white noise of the white water uh, very well and even and we stay fairly close you're talking about less than you know 20 feet 30 feet and and i can really hear um hear my guide uh his voice cut over over the water and it's it's quite amazing a lot of people ask that same question yeah i can only i can only imagine so i mean you're you're triangulating sound and and managing the entire activity based on triangulating sound yes I am just listening for a voice, and I'm literally following that person's voice uh, down the river. It, it works very well, uh, actually. Well, you made it 226 miles down the river, so it certainly must work. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ken, what's your role in this process? Uh, well, Steve was describing the, the four positions with the, the lead and then Steve and uh, secondary guide and a sweep. And, and most of the time, I was sweeped. 
Um, and I don't mind telling you that I was probably skill-wise the, the least skilled in our pod of four sky, kayakers because um, Eric and uh, Big Mike, as we call them, I'm just two very experienced um, Colorado River kayakers. And I, I had never been on the Colorado River before kayaking. Um, so, so they put me asleep, which uh, I, I was glad to be in that position. We, sure. we did, we switched it around a few times, okay. but, uh, and, and in fact, I had the opportunity to, uh, even switch out in a, some other pods with some of the other blind kayakers too. For example, I, I uh, guided Lonnie Bedwell through one of the rapids and I worked with, uh, um, Kathy Champion, uh, in her pod for a while too. So, yeah. It, as the the trip progressed, some of us would switch around a little bit too. So, Ken, tell us a little bit about um, how did this this communication system work for you? Uh, it, it was it was great for me. Um, you know, Steve talked about being reactive and based on what he was hearing in front of me, and then occasionally some corrective commands from immediately right behind him. For me, the 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 confusing thing about it as a kayaker was that I felt like I was in the boat with Steve. So I, I was looking at if there was a big wave coming and I could see he was about to hit it. Um, you know, I, I was more concerned about visually putting myself in his boat than I was sometimes thinking about my own boat. Um, so I, it seemed to me that I got caught unexpectedly quite a few times by waves crashing into me because I wasn't really watching what was three feet in front of me. I was watching what was 20 or 30 feet in front of me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so, so you're, that you're was a little bit of a challenge, yeah. So you're reacting to that 20 feet ahead of you. Right. <laughs> you're bracing when the, when the, you hadn't gotten there yet. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so Ken, how did, you, how did you prepare to help Steve? Um, well, I think the, the biggest thing was we had a, I guess it's sort of a, a trial expedition in June of 2018, several months before we hit the Grand Canyon. Um, we went out as, a, as our team to uh, the Salmon River in Idaho, and we did day trips. And that's, that's pretty big water out there as well. I mean, it, it's, it's big uh, uh, CFS, big swirly um, whirlpools and, and big crashing uh, whitewater waves. And that was a good practice run. That's where I met Steve for the first time. We worked together as a pod for the first time, a pod of four kayakers. And the, the purpose of that, Team River Runner set that up so that um, because we were doing just day trips on the river, if, if it turned out that someone felt that they just weren't up to, to the task, you know, to, the, to this size of whitewater or you know, for paddling these, these kind of distances, then they weren't stuck in the Grand Canyon for two weeks. You know, it was, we were, we were spending each night in a hotel. So uh, that was one of my main preparation things. Um, other than that, I, I paddle a lot year round, sea kayaking and whitewater kayaking. So I wasn't worried about my stamina or things like that. I, I was okay with all of that. But being able to understand and then and then manage that communication system uh, is there something you had to do in advance to prepare for that um yeah i think the, the salmon river trip helped quite a bit and then i think the first few days of the grand canyon 
we, you know, we became more of a well-oiled machine as, as the time went on. Um, uh, but another thing personally was that I, I've been a guide to blind skiers, blind and visually impaired snow skiers for 11 years. So I'm, I was used to working with blind people, um, you know, and, and knowing how to give the kinds of suggestions and, and commands that would keep them, you know, keep them safe. So, so that was a big benefit for me going into the whole uh, you know, kayak guiding thing. Certainly having that background uh, can be a, a huge benefit. So Steve, what did you enjoy most about the experience? I enjoy um, the camaraderie. And if people have never visited the Grand Canyon, and I'll specifically speak about this trip, of course, um, uh, a lot of the trips are very similar in the sense of the, the teamwork and the people, you know, like coming together at the end of the day after a hard day work and, and spending time on the banks of the river. That that experience is, is really, uh, really fun uh, for me. Uh, not being able to see what's going on in the river and everything that you're passing because you're usually in beautiful places when you're paddling on on the water wherever it may be white water or, or not and um is the experience of people and especially a group of people a special group of people like this that are we're willing to take on this kind of challenge and, and allow us the opportunity to uh, experience something that uh, some people uh, may never experience so I think the camaraderie and, and the teamwork and the effort that we made every day and then and then relaxing and hanging out together and absorbing all of that and, and then doing it again over and over, you know, was, was an amazing, amazing thing for me. Well, certainly the physical beauty is one thing, but the, uh, the, the beauty of the people and the, and the experience is, is what keeps us all together and keeps us all continuing with the sport. So, so Ken, what, what did you enjoy most about the experience? Yeah, I guess I, I would just echo what Steve just said. It was it was the the people coming together as this big unified team and, and getting to know the people um, sitting around and in the circle of chairs on the beach along the river every evening. And um, we had some um, musical instruments along. There were guitars and, and bongos and percussion instruments and and you know, making up songs about our day on the river is it's just it was overall an amazing experience and uh you know i i think the people that we did this with um you know we're to to a person i think we will we will never forget it i think everyone was saying it was you know, one of the highlights even the 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 boat drivers you know the the raft drivers i i think it was a it was a a profound experience for them as well you know much more out of the ordinary than than their normal trips that they may do several times a year with with uh, regular customers so steve is there is there any one moment that you can recall that was just a you know a real aha amazing moment for you <laughs> yeah i mean um there are so many of them the one i'll pick now was when we were going through uh, the rapid, I, if I'm not mistaken, the name it was Crystal. And my primary guy got in trouble and got, I think, pinned up against a cliff and and actually swam. And the rest of my team, Ken and um, and Mike, uh, were there for me. And we were all we were all literally upside down in this rapid. 
and we uh, we worked together and got to the bottom and and eric was brought into a raft and we were we rejoined each other afterwards but that was a um it was just a hard rapid to go through uh, it was in the sense of the anxiety and and the build up of it and then you know finally getting through it and knowing that all the hard work i'd put in um uh, kind of showed itself there in the sense of executing uh, my, my my the skill and technique that's required uh, of me uh, and so uh, that was a really exciting time uh, and but only one of many many great great experiences so. a lifetime of memories so aside from the uh, the visual impairment what what do you say would be the biggest challenges you experience on the trip it's the simple things you know um if I'm answering like what you're asking me, not without the blindness, um, I think, you know, it's just uh, you, you got to be OK with um, the, the remoteness of being down in the Grand Canyon. It's the, the, it's very quiet. I, I like that about it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you could you could feel um, lonely and, 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 and away from uh, from everything there, which, which may be great for some people. But. I don't know if I, if I struggle too much with, with anything in particular. Uh, it was just uh, an amazing trip all around. So. Cool. cool. So, Ken, any, any big challenges that you want to share? Uh, I guess each day knowing we had these little booklets that were the river guide booklets that the, the raft company gave each of us. And if you read ahead, you look at the size of the rapids coming up that next day. So there's a certain amount of anxiety before the major rapids. I think there's probably like a dozen really big rapids that we encountered. And, and even the medium-sized rapids in this river were you know, bigger than stuff that I normally go on in, in the Midwest and down in the Southeast when I kayak down there. So there was that sense of uh, anticipation, anxiety, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the challenge of these rapids and, and the feeling of elation when you come out on the other side, it's, it's, it's indescribable unless you've been through something like that. So I, I would agree. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, John. No, no, please. So what, what advice might you give to someone who's planning a similar experience? We'll just say planning a Grand, uh, Grand Canyon experience. Let's put it that way. I don't know if you'll ever get the same experience. Yeah, <laughs> know how to roll. <laughs> Have a very, very good roll. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I would voice voice the same. So, so tell us a little bit about Team River Runner, the organization that brought you guys together. Amazing, as I said, it's a nonprofit. It's a lean mean lean mean machine, meaning that there's not a lot of overhead. The staff um, is uh, less than I think six or seven people or something like that, based in the Washington D.C. area. TeamRiverRunner.org. And uh, we have about 60, some 60 plus chapters around the country right now. And uh, they, they do amazing work. They do work, uh, you know, get the, the theme kind of is uh, butts in boats, get veterans who may have a disability of one kind or another, whether it's a seen uh, disability or unseen, you know, whether it's PTSD or traumatic brain injury or a physical injury of some kind. Kayaking is has great healing powers for a lot of the, the veterans and active uh, service members that participate in it. Steve, is there a, a message that you have to uh, to other paddlers? Maybe someone who's, who's, who's not sure if they can do this. Maybe a, another uh, blind paddler or anyone that just might think, I don't Absolutely. know if I can do this. 
Well, it, I think everything, this is an extreme uh, uh, story and an expedition. I grew slowly over, you know, uh, maybe uh, you know, it depends on, I guess, how people interpret it. But I think everybody, uh, if you're at all interested, you know, find, find, find somebody that you can trust and, and work with. Uh, Team River Runner is a great organization and get out there and slowly build uh, your paddling skills. And you, you never know, you might be paddling down the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. Uh, but it's it's always just uh, just giving it a try, figuring it out. I, I think the water is very healing and, and relaxing. And you, ne- you, ne- you don't have to necessarily do white water to enjoy paddling. How would someone get involved with Team River Runner? Um, go ahead, Ken. If you, yeah, if you go to the website, teamriverrunner.org, there is a list of chapters all around the country. Um, so I'd say uh, look up the chapter that's in your state, in your area, and there's contact information of who, who the volunteer leaders are for each one of those chapters. And you can either participate as a veteran paddler, as a, as a volunteer kayaker, or if you're not even a paddler, you can, you can volunteer. There are a lot of roles at each chapter, whether it's outreach or uh, boat wrangling or whatever it might be. You both mentioned some sponsors that uh, made a difference for you. Steve, can you tell us a little bit about some of the sponsors that helped make this happen? Well, there are a lot of individuals, I think, that donated. Um, uh, uh, J-Bill was a company that provided a lot uh, and is friends with um, a gentleman who was instrumental in planning the trip, Lonnie Bedwell. I mentioned he's a blind veteran himself. And so uh, I'm very thankful uh, to J-Bill and, and even and Google and Google in the sense of their contribution in making this adventure and expedition happen. Ken, you mentioned the Google Maps and the uh, the media raft. Tell us a little bit about that media raft. What was that all about? Uh, they had, I'm trying to think how many people were on there. There was a, let's see, there was a video shooter, still shooter, 360 degree shooter, creative producer, editor, and then the raft itself was uh, owned and driven by, um, oh, the name is escaping me, uh, but uh, the person owned the raft and provided that for them. So there was, uh, you know, what, eight, seven, eight people on the raft. And they had a rack of solar panels on top of the raft. So they were recharging their equipment daily. Um, and they had all, you know, all the electronic gear out there. Um, the, if you want to see the, uh, the five minute video that Google Maps put together, if you just Google um, blind veterans in the Grand Canyon, or five blind veterans in the Grand Canyon, either on YouTube or Google, I'm sure you'll, you'll find that video. It's, it really gives you a good picture of uh, what the trip was all about. Um, I, I wish they would have made a longer version of it because uh, it, it was uh, such a great experience. They shot a lot of film, a lot of pictures, but uh, the, the five-minute video is really inspiring as well. well. I will definitely get a link to that and put that in the show notes. So, Steve, what's next for you? <laughs> well, I, I actually hope to maybe make a second visit to the Colorado and the Grand Canyon. But I never really know. I, I just came off a big mountaineering expedition uh, in Argentina uh, just, just a month ago. I'm always training uh, on the water and, and uh, on land uh, for a big adventure. I'm kind of in the dark sometimes about what, what, what might be coming uh, my way. But I'm, I'm always open to, to different things. So nothing planned right now. Like I said, impressive resume. 
So uh, Steve and Ken, uh, I'll go with Steve first. How can listeners reach you if they've got more questions? Yeah, they can um, visit uh, my website, stevebaskis.com, and, and there's a contact form there and more information about a little bit about the kayaking and, and about other things that I've been involved with. So that would be the greatest thing, uh, at stevebaskis.com. Excellent. How about you, Ken? Uh, I have a blog called liquidadventuring.com. And in fact, if you go to, the, go to that website on the, the main page, I have a link to my blog stories about this Grand Canyon trip in particular, as well as other things uh, more recently. All right. I'll definitely have a link to both of those in the show notes as well. Stephen Ken, um, who else would do you think would be an excellent guest for us to have on Paddling the Blue? Uh, yeah, you asked that question ahead of time, so I had time to think about it. There, there's a guy up in uh, uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Zach Cruzens, who I had the opportunity to meet. That's uh, coming up on a couple of years ago. Uh, big time sea kayaker, does trips to the Antarctic and uh, Patagonia and places like that. Uh, he's, he, I think he could share some very interesting stories for you. Excellent. I will look up Zach. Any, uh, any final words either of you have? Thanks so much. For uh, this, John. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say Steve is is the reason that I got involved and, and, and the reason I was on this trip. And um, it's been a pleasure to get to know him. We've had the chance to get together a number of times since then. And uh, um, it's a trip I'll never forget. Well, gentlemen, I certainly appreciate both of your time uh, getting together here and getting the opportunity for our listeners to learn a little bit about your story. And like I said, we'll have links to the show notes or links in the show notes to more information about the trip so people can learn more about it and contact you if they've got more questions. So thanks again. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, John. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Stephen Ken. Truly inspiring. And as far as I'm concerned, it really showed me that as humans, we are only limited by our desire. So we're going to cross the Atlantic to have a conversation with Richard Varga for our next episode. Richard paddled back home from Norway to Hungary. And so you're going to hear the story of Richard's epic journey titled Endurance Mission, Paddling Upstream. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Paddling the Blue. Thank you for listening to Paddling the Blue. You can subscribe to Paddling the Blue on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please take the time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. We truly appreciate the support. And you can find the show notes for this episode and other episodes, along with replays of past episodes, contact information, and more at paddlingtheblue.com. Until next time, I hope you get out and paddle the blue.